TGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 688, recorded on June 29th, 2023. Eighth edition of the TV Gaming Podcast and 521st episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzer. I am Scott Dirk. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on gaming news from around the industry. Yeah, so um, we had to delay the podcast two days, and I'm glad we did because uh, some news broke today, which is very interesting, and I know will please Scott to no end, and also TJ. <laughs> um, so, um, just quickly, are you playing anything new? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy 16 this week. Okay, so Devil May Cry, got it. Uh, <laughs> I actually uh, had a revelation about the game uh, last night. It is a lot like Devil May Cry. What do you mean it's it is like lot, it? <laughs> it's also a lot like uh, Osiris Wrath, which because, is also dope as hell. Because I, it's, uh, the developer, uh, the developer did Devil May Cry, so it's Devil May Cry. With uh, kaiju fights. Yep. But but here's the thing. Um, a lot of people are upset because a lot of people want to play a turn-based thing. And they had they actually forgot, oh, wait a minute. Um, we better put accessibility options on this thing. So they did add some accessibility options. Because if, if you're someone who's into turn-based gaming and all of a sudden you have something that's Devil May Cry you might not be able to play it because you simply are not able to play a game like that. Yeah, but Final Fantasy hasn't been turn-based in, like, four games. <laughs> yeah, you're saying that like it's a good thing. I am, because it's it is. It's not a good thing. It continues to evolve, and it continues it's, to move. It's not a role-playing game at all. No, that you see, that's it the... It is um, a role-playing that's, game. That's the, uh, that's the excuse people are making. There's the no excuse about it. You fight, you level up, you use spells. There's it's not magic. a role-playing game. It's not even close to being a role-playing game. Even the it leveling is, up. The leveling up is, is no. The leveling up is actually kind of useless from what I understand. Anyway, yeah. if you like if you like a good Devil May Cry game, then go ahead with Final Fantasy 16. And oh, by yeah, the way, fantasy game. and oh, by the way, Final Fantasy 14 is an MMO. So it hasn't been, you know, all, you know, going to action. And yeah, but it's not a turn-based game. It, it dropped all pretension of being an RPG with 16. So It dropped all pretension of being an RPG with Final Fantasy 14 and 11 because those aren't turn-based games either. It's an MMO. <laughs> He's still an RPG. Sure, but like it hasn't been a turn-based game since like Final Fantasy 13. And meanwhile, uh, the Yakuza series is going in the opposite direction. And it's going from being a mostly action game to a mostly turn-based RPG. Yeah, and then it's still, and they still do spinoffs where they have like the action game, like oh the, yeah, uh, Judgment, yeah, Judgment, the Yakuza game that doesn't want to be called a Yakuza game. <laughs> and I think, and they still do other spinoffs like uh, the Edition. Uh, yeah, but they're going hard into the uh, Dragon Quest style of gameplay right now. In the mainline, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, 
you might see people just saying, I'm done with Final Fantasy. I'm just going to play some Dragon Quest now. That's fine. There's so many other options now. Like, there's really Octopath, there's Star Ocean, there's... Triangle Strategy, Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, yeah, we'll yeah, be talking about so that later. Much. Yeah, but it's yeah. not. those aren't JRPGs. Well, most of them aren't. Anyways, uh, have you been playing anything new? Uh, Scott, are you still playing uh, Trails? Still playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, it's a huge game. I still haven't finished the depths. It's just like... It's it's a big game, you know. I mean, I guess I could just uh, beeline the story, the the main story arc, but I like exploring the world and all the side stuff and all the side content before I finish the story mode. So it's uh, it's a lot to do. You know, um, I'm not going to talk about it much, but uh, rebooting Dragon Age Origins, I'm playing it for the first time in the Xbox 360 version. And it's kind of depressing that you can't log into the Dragon Age servers because now you can't do Dragon Keep. And I'm wondering how they're going to do it when Dragon Age 4 comes out. You know what I would like to see them do is just bundle all three games into one single game that's that's up to date for all platforms or current platforms. Anyways, um, we're going to go on to the quick news. Uh, cities, and this is specifically for TJ. City Skylines 2 simulation is so realistic that all the young people are broke. Uh, money will now be another element of AI pathfinding, and just like real life, younger player, uh, younger people won't have much of it. So basically, money has become a utility in the way that water and power and uh, waste is. Um, so you're gonna have the younger, uh, I, I hate to call them Sims, but we'll call them Sims in this case. Uh, will travel less because guess what? They don't have any money. They have to have, you know, they have to be buried around. So yeah, um, that's one way that City Skylines 2 is advancing forward that really people did not, you know, expect to see coming. Because City Skylines 2 is not going to be just City Skylines with better, you know, graphics. It's going to be expounding upon the first game. Yeah, I remember seeing that trailer. It looked so detailed and all the... Uh Thing, elements that they're including seem like a really in-depth uh, city game. City well, they're, they're, game. they're incorporating a lot of the expansions from the first game. Like I could tell immediately they were doing the uh, rapid transit, ex, you know, the uh, rapid transit expansion is, is included in this version because you could see the, uh, you know, the trolleys and the trains and the buses. Yeah, it's been really fun to watch the, like everything they're coming up with as far as just like the technology that they're introducing to the game and the way it's being implemented. Uh, the uh, traffic was the the developments that they're doing on traffic was one that really caught my attention and sounded interesting because like you're gonna from what I understand I heard that they're going to have like accidents and uh, and pile ups and yeah. uh, and traffic jams and stuff like that where you'll have to figure out how to deal with that and have to make, like figure out how to make the roads in your city safer. Yeah. I just like the fact that um, I, I played the first SimCity, right? And I just love the fact that as we go through time, these cities are looking more and more and more like real organic cities. You know, not just plots of uh, commercial, uh, residential, and industrial districts. Yeah, it's it's been really fun to see the growth. Like, I, I can't wait for this game. It's probably one of my most anticipated games of this year right now. Oh, me too. And especially since it's going to ha- be Game Pass, which is exciting enough because that, uh, here's the thing. There's a lot of people who are on the fence of playing a city simulation, right? And Game Pass is just going to add some new fans who didn't know what they wanted until they actually got to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been great. 
It's quite incredible. And every time that we see a new reveal, it just peels back another layer of more incredible stuff that they're adding to it. Yeah. Um, The FTC Microsoft thing is over. And (laughs) I can't imagine the judge not blocking the injunction by the FTC because the FTC just embarrassed itself. I mean, the Sony, the Jim Ryan emails in which he's saying, oh, yeah, you know, the um, Call of Duty thing is no big deal. I'll just talk to Bobby and Phil and we'll, we'll have something out. And this is before, you know, they uh, said, oh, wait, wait, no, without Call of Duty, Sony will die. <laughs> and some of the interesting stuff like, you you know, when you redact something, you better make sure it's redacted. That's why they don't use a Sharpie on it, because you can the original text will just shine through the Sharpie. So, you knew, like. Oh, uh, The Last of Us 2 cost over $200 million to make, and it, t- it was in development from this and that, you know, and all this other stuff. And uh, the funniest part is um, Sony saying, you know, Microsoft's offering them Call of Duty, and Sony says, well, can we have some of the, game- the Bethesda stuff? And it's like, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll give you some Bethesda. Can we have some Naughty Dog and Insomniac stuff, too? And the funniest thing is the thing where some Bethesda employees were confused about why, you know, Call of Duty was going multi-platform and they weren't. And the answer is very simple. Call of Duty right now is, for all intents purposes, a uh, live service game. There's no, right. there's, there's no way around it. Call of Duty is now a live service game. Uh, single player RPGs are not. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure to a certain degree it was mostly just Bethesda wondering why they couldn't e- easily put their games on a other platforms. If, oh, they could. They're definitely. If, well, but if, if they're going to allow Activision Blizzard to do it, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict right. Wait, before you do, I'm gonna predict right now, right now that Hi-Fi Rush is gonna be on the Switch in a year. That's probably a fair prediction. There's there, there's prediction. no way that game's not gonna be on the Switch at some point. And Microsoft and yeah. Nintendo have been very buddy buddies, so you can see it happening. And like. It was really interesting to hear all of the studios that Microsoft was considering buying. Like, oh, we knew a lot of them. And like, yeah, of course we knew Microsoft might buy a Sega. Are you kidding me? Those two have been partnering ever since the Dreamcast era. When the Dreamcast went away, you know, Microsoft and Sony were talking together, and that's why you saw so many, you know, the NBA 2K and NFL 2K and uh, Jet Set Radio Future. All these Sega properties are on the original Xbox. There's a reason for that. Sure. But at the time, like, you had people pulling up receipts that Phil Spencer adamantly denied any of it. And then, like, Square Enix. He almost, they almost pulled the trigger on going after Square Enix and then decided that Square Enix wasn't doing enough stuff to uh, be a good Microsoft studio. And that's when Square Enix decided to say, you know what, um, we're going to, if you, we're basically, if you want to buy something from us, we will make it for you if you pay for it, which is why Final Fantasy 16 is a Sony property right now, because Sony went to say, yeah, we, we're, we're going to pay for, uh, you know, to develop uh, Final Fantasy 16. You know? And now in 2023, we've got Final Fantasy 16, we've got Star Ocean on the way, Octopath Traveler was great earlier this year. They're cooking. Yeah. Like, um, they're cooking both in the modern air and the modern style and in, like, keeping up with trying to deliver revisions of classics to folks and microsoft consider- I, I wonder what the landscape would look like if microsoft hadn't made that decision back then also the microsoft obviously considered uh, purchasing back bungie but here's the thing microsoft knows better than anybody what a hot mess bungie can be because they do not release anything on time they're they're incapable of it 
They make big, big, big promises and then go back on it. We saw it with Halo 2. We saw it with Destiny. We saw it with Destiny 2. They have big plans and then they Peter Molly know it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then like well, here's the thing. You think you know that when Sony said we'd like to occupy, Bungie said, "Well, screw you. You get it. Let us do what we want, or we're not going to have it." Which is why Bungie keeps on saying, "Well, we're more like partners with Sony in that." Yeah, Sony can't tell us what to do. <laughs> I mean, this whole there's been so much chaos, but uh, but like this continues to illustrate that there are a lot of regulatory organizations that in the just don't get video nation, gaming, yeah, <laughs> in the nations around the world that are just unprepared to deal with the complexities of video game business and deals. Yeah. The only the only organization left aside from the FTC, and we're pretty sure that they're going to lose this because they made such a poor showing. Unless something funny goes on with the uh, with the judge, but uh, the only people that are practically blocking it right now are the CMA, and I get the impression that's because of Brexit, because the EU uh, said okay, they uh, we say yes, the CMA says nah, we say no because the EU said yes. <laughs> you know, if, if and when the uh, the the deal is approved for the United States, it'll be everybody except the UK who has accepted the deal, and the CMA will have to sort of. Begrudgingly, maybe they'll save face and force Microsoft to do certain things with with the UK versions of whatever they do. Some minor things like, oh yeah, you, you got to make sure it's in this and this, you know, and all that stuff. It looks like it's going to go through. It's just a long, circuitous route for Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, they, uh, Phil Spencer was doing an obvious bluff, saying, "Well, if we can't do it, then we're just going to back out." No, you're not, Phil. Stop it. Stop. You wasted too much resources. You're going to fight it tooth and nail. Microsoft has one thing that these other people don't. They have very, 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 very good lawyers. So there's no way. And they've been through this shit before, too. Anyway, you know, even even the stuff that they lost, like that entire Explorer suit, you know, yeah, you lost, but you still, you know. So, yeah, um, I I just get one thing out of this, and that is uh, World of Warcraft is going to be a part of Game Pass. That's the only thing I get out of it by the way all this controversy about diablo 4 lately so much stuff being talked about what do you hear uh tj because i just hear the snippets of it but there's a lot of people who are complaining about certain things about diablo 4 diablo 4 has had a a interesting run as a live service game between between like and, and a, a huge portion of that has been related to hardcore because of the fact that the game will eliminate your character oh, yeah. if you get disconnected from the server, and so we've had people that have had like eighty two hour to like over one hundred hour game TJ, characters. What's up? When you, when you say eliminate, do you mean killed? I, I, I didn't know if you meant. Killed or deleted. You get knocked off. You get off knocked off the when server. You may oh. when you play hardcore mode in Diablo Four. Oh, if your character okay. dies, then the character is permanently deleted, and you have okay. to start a new one. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. By the way, they did the same thing with World of Warcraft hardcore mode, and it's funny if you die in that mode in World of Warcraft hardcore mode, you're forever a ghost. <laughs> <You're>, yeah. <laughs> that, actually, I think that's kind of fun. You know, you go to a dead character and you just walk around. You know, you, you can create other characters. You're like, that particular character is now a ghost. So, yeah, I'm just going to jump in my ghost and just chill out for a while and talk to the other ghosts. Right. And and previously, like, and this is not the first game where Diablo has had hardcore mode. 
Oh, no. I mean, Diablo 2 has it. Yeah. Previously, it wasn't an issue because Diablo was a game that you could play offline. Yeah. Diablo 4 is always online. You can't be offline in Diablo 4. So if you get disconnected from the servers, your character is just kaput. And every hour that you spent on that character is just null and void. You're done. Yeah. Which is why I prefer playing Diablo 2. Yeah. So is there I a mean, way to exit the game without... Oh, you can exit. Yeah, yeah, if you exit normally, then you're fine. It's just that when you get booted off the system, it's sort of like your character's going to be there and just get whomped by everything while you're not watching. Okay. The, yeah, the problem, Scott, is that Diablo's servers can detect when you disconnect from the game. And it's not a situation where, like, it, it make, it, it's not a decision where somebody is there to make a decision as to whether or not you actually got disconnected or you tried to cheese the system. Cause yeah, you, like you rage quit when your character's die. about to die. Yeah, you rage quit. <laughs> it just treats all of it the same. If you get disconnected, your character goes kaput. Maybe the game could detect that you're at full health and there's no monsters around you. And assume, oh, wait, yeah. That's another thing that's pissed people off, Jonah, is that they're talking about a solution to it. They have an item in hardcore mode that is called the Scroll of Escape. It's a very rare item to get, but if you have it in your inventory, you can use it to jump out of a hard situation and go back to the nearest town. The uh, and, And they're talking about, like, creating a system for Diablo 4 that would recognize when you've been disconnected from the game and use your scroll of escape to bring you back to town before before logging you out. I have a feeling that that's another thing that people are, are hoping for for this Microsoft Blizzard merger. Because well, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, Microsoft is trying to be more relevant, and part of that is that they're a lot more cons- customer-friendly. Now, I'm not saying that they, they're all lovey-dovey and they love you. No, no. They just know that in order to compete against the other console companies, they have to be, they have to have something that the others don't. And one of the things the other companies don't have is customer, uh, you know, customer friendliness, you know. Mm-hmm. So they may tell Blizzard, listen, you're going to create an offline mode. I mean, it'll check to see that the person is, you know, bought that copy of the thing, but they should be able to allow, uh, they should be allowed to play their games offline, you know. Right. And, and I was going to say the thing that pissed people off about the solution they talked about that they talked about publicly is that they then followed up by saying that that's not something that they can do until maybe season two of Diablo. 4. <laughs> and season one hasn't launched yet. So it's really a non-solution for like the next six so months. What they're saying is they want to make their money back first before they start doing that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Right. It's it's ridiculous. My solution would be, well, guess what? I'm not going to play your game for another year. <laughs> And then you have things like the loot tables being broken. There were there was a stint where druids couldn't get their final armor pieces because they weren't dropping out of uh, enemies because the loot table got screwed up at some point. Yeah, I mean that that that's less bad because that's just here's the thing: all the Diablos have had to have a massive amount of of balance and rebalance, you know, and it's like. Those games are like the open world games by Rockstar. There's going to be glitches that you have to you have to whack out, and sometimes you don't. So, yeah, uh, Diablo has the unfortunate thing of being the best looter ever. Yeah. And they have a very high standard that they have to, to... – like I said, play Diablo 2. It's made by Vicarious Visions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they did – like, it, it started off rocky, but they did a good job of polishing it up after the after the initial issues. Yeah. Uh, this is – 
very it's somewhat related to our uh, video game news. Biden announces a plan to deliver high speed internet to all Americans by 2030. The government will invest 42 billion into achieving Biden's high speed high speed internet goal. And it's like, um, welcome to 2010, <laughs> when everybody else in the world was doing this. Yeah. And this my favorite happened a very long time ago. And my favorite thing is um, when this was announced, uh, there was a lot of, but you voted against it uh, on Twitter because all these GOP who voted against it were bragging about it. It's like, what are, you, what are you bragging about? You didn't want it. You voted against it. Both both Texas senators voted against it, and both of them were bragging about it like the fucking idiots they are. Yeah. <sighs> so, but that's good. Um, here's the thing. Um, internet has to become a utility. Period. End of story. Water, mm-hmm. electricity, garbage, internet. Everybody should have that should be in the Bill of Rights. Everybody should have access to a Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> it's 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 the 21st century, dudes. We have the we have the tech now. Yeah. And really, just the biggest problem is that there are such huge dead zones. Like West Virginia has oh, yeah. a very has very bad internet infrastructure. You can't. And there are a lot of states like that and a lot of areas like that where, like, you don't have too many options. Yeah. Well, at least at least at the minimum, get broadband, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's good news. Um, we're, here's the thing. We are a big country, but China's friggin doing it. So and they're bigger than us in, in terms of, of space. Although a lot of that space is empty space, we know. But still, a lot of the United States is empty space. If you've ever been to Montana, you'll know this is true. So, yeah, everybody deserves – everybody has a phone. You know, everybody should have a uh, high-speed internet too. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're going to move on to game news. Uh, this was just posted today because uh, Larian Studios posted a, uh, a community update. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 promises a level 12 cap, new races, 22 subclasses, and more. And this coming from, from PC Gamer. Larian Studios dropped a new community update today, revealing a new release date as well as a huge package of features that will be included with the full release. First off, the game's level cap, initially stated to be level 10, has been raised to level 12. For those unfamiliar with the TTRPG rule set, Baldur's Gate 3 is built up top. That's a huge deal. Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition only has 20 levels in total, so a bump from 10 to 12 is a huge power spike, providing casting classes with 6th level spells. Uh, Larian Larian Studios dropped the... uh, uh, why did it happen this way? Um, some of the spells include uh, Planar Allies, Auto's Irresistible Dance, and Chain Lightning. Also mentioned are two new racial options, Half-Orcs and Dragonborn, the latter sporting ten whole new dra- draconic sub-races. For those you don't know, um, you'll have White Dragonborn, Red Dragonborn, Silver Dragonborn, that sort of thing, which, and basically, whatever uh, dragons you are from, you know, that you're uh, associated with, you'll have special powers, like Red Dragonborn will have fire. Um... Larian also, uh, the monk will be dashing into the full release with three subclasses from the TTRPG, Way of the Open Hand, Way of the Shadow, and Way of the Four Elements. Larian also revealed a new playable character for your party, Karlak, a tiefling barbarian with a battle-scarred past. Uh, just think a biker. A biker with, who likes uh, punk rock. Um, in addition, uh, Battle's Grade 3 has 174 hours of cinematics, making it more than twice the length of every season of Game of Thrones combined. On a side note, Baldur's Gate 3 is releasing a month early to avoid conflict with Starfield on August 3 on PC, and I love this part, and delayed until September 6 for PS5, which, by the way, is the same day as Starfield. 
So, but Sony isn't getting Starfield, right? No, Sony's not getting Star. Well, oh yeah, that. Yeah, let's talk about these um, these petitions. I think we talked about it last week. You know how Starfield should be multi-platform. Even better, Starfield should be only PlayStation Five because I'm insane and I don't know how companies work. <laughs> I already pre-order. I already have um, Baldur's Gate uh, Three. It's in early access. That it is, is really interesting about the level cap because I think it's uh, also leaves open a sequel or expansion pack for you to be even stronger in that game. Uh, I mean, that's that's what that implies to me. And I also remember previous editions being level 30. Uh, it was the top. Well, level, it's so D&D 5 now. Uh, it's it's yeah. level version 5 now, so it's different. Um. Right. It's uh, last time I opened up uh, Baldur's Gate three was May twenty second of last year, and it's I don't want to play it until the game is finished because same here. That's what I've been waiting for for them to finish it. Yeah, but I actually have it, so it's sort of like I have I'm tempted to just play it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that when it comes to an RPG or a game that has a finite story. I don't really want it to be 155 hours long. No, it's only 74 hours of That's cinematics. Cinematics, TJ. Yeah, well, this is cinematic. this is a game by this is a game by Hideki Kojima. <laughs> I, I like that so much time. It also I has enough dialogue for it has enough dialogue. It has more dialogue than the Lord of the Rings trilogy books, twice as much. I. We'll play a game for well, a very long time if I can. Light sizes, you're not all 174 hours. Yeah, I mean time. it's taking account of a lot of side quests. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I don't know. That, that's a lot of hours. Personally, sometimes if if the RPG is big enough, I like to just mosey on along in it. You know, just take okay. my time, not 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 bother. You know, rushing through the main story quest, just enjoying stuff. I, I know I have over 150 hours in Zelda. You know, and I know I had about 200 hours, or, you know, 150 yeah, to that, 200 hours in each of the Trials games. I, I had. Oh, those five, are more. Those are more comparable than the Zelda games. I had 500 hours in Skyrim. Well, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I'm I'm curious to see what the mods will be like for Baldur's Gate 3. Oh my God! I yeah, that will be crazy. I'm sure there will there will be mods. I I know it. You know that the so, first ones will yeah. be the nude mods. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> It'll be on release day. Bam, there it is, hour one. Yeah, we need some tits in this game. Come on. Uh, there'll be weapons. There'll be monsters. I'm sure people will find ways to put quests in there because they did it for. Of course, they'll put the quests in there. Too. They they did fan made quests. Yeah, of course. And they, yeah, so I'm sure they will do it for Baldur's Gate three. By the way, um, on a related note, uh. Regarding Starfield, uh, Phil Spencer did not – I mean, not Phil Spencer, uh, Todd Howard sort of danced around the subject that, yes, there will be a creators club at some point for Starfield. And re- remember the mess that was a uh, creators club in Fallout 4. I hope they handle it better. Yeah. Okay. Because they, they definitely need to let the mods just play with all those planets that they've made. And I'm sure people will make uh, – Oh, forget that. I want I want the people who are making these mods to make some money, you know? Oh, okay. But yeah, there's a lot to work with. Um people yeah. are still finding stuff from the uh from the Starfield Direct that people didn't notice before. It's like they're 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 pouring over that Starfield Direct like the uh, Zapruder film right now. 
Anyways, we're going to move on to the next item. Uh, go ahead, uh, TJ. Minecraft devs exit Reddit from PC Gamer. A post from a Reddit user bearing the name Sliced underscore Lime and a flare indicating that they are a Minecraft Java tech lead, almost certainly uh, Mojang's Mikhail Hedberg, uh, announced yesterday that Mojang would no longer be posting official content to Reddit in the wake of the platform's response to protests over changes to its API. As you have no doubt heard by now, Reddit management introduced changes recently that have led to rule and moderation changes across many subreddits, read the post, before announcing that those changes have led Microsoft, or sorry, Mojang to no longer feel that Reddit is an appropriate place to post official content or refer to its, play, its players to. It seems to have been sparked by Reddit's crackdown on protests against the recent changes to its API that would, in essence, kill off third-party apps that let users access the site. Subreddit mods have spent the last few weeks mounting various campaigns against Reddit's corporate leadership, either going dark by turning on the subreddits they oversee into private and vital-only communities, or else marking them as not safe for work, meaning Reddit can't sell ads on those pages. Yeah, I can just see it now. They 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 may, oh this is uh this is um Super Mario subreddit. Well, it's now not safe for work. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is smart because ad revenue is how they make their money. I mean, it's like oh uh, we we were sneaking in some porn between uh, Mario and Pauline. Reddit responded by pressuring disgruntled mods and in some cases ousting and trying to replace them. In practice, the biggest impact of this departure will end this. It will be the end of the subreddit's official changelog threads, where where the subreddit's 7.4 million Minecraft fans and players can pour over official detail uh, or updates in granular detail and offer their feedback directly to the devs who hang out there. Sliced, sliced lime and emphasizes that the that players are naturally welcome to post unofficial update threads going forward can always visit, visit Mojang's official feedback site at feedback.minecraft.net or else contact it via social media. Yeah, that's not quite the same thing as a Reddit thread because when you post on a Reddit thread and you know the the mods, uh, the, uh, the developers are there, you're going to have a lot more direct contact and, and, and you know, because going to feedback.minecraft.net is kind of impersonal. And here's the thing about Minecraft. It's unique in that I think it might have the closest relationship between developer and player that there is in most video games because they go really hand in hand. Yeah. I never really used Reddit. I always uh, used Twitter to see their posts and then they would post their update on their website and I would go there and then probably watch a, a YouTuber talk about the uh, um, the updates. So it, it it's not quite know, the same it, thing as a forum because in a forum yeah. you can post and you can be long-winded, you know, post eight paragraphs on what you think about something, and developer may respond to you and, and even actually you know reply to each you know point that you make. Maybe if if you're nice, because you know developers won't react to people who are assholes. It's sad, and the thing here's the thing, and TJ might know something about this: is having a forum is extremely expensive, mm-hmm. and subreddit relieves a lot of that expense. Yes, and this is like the the executives of Reddit have really screwed up bad. Like I have never heard of a developer pulling out of their own of the subreddit for their own game until this and like they're like and 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 minecraft's subreddit 
was a particularly active one where like they used it frequently and it was like the main way in which they they posted the patch notes there. That was the, the place where they put up the patch notes for people to see. They'll probably go to Discord. Uh, Discord has yeah. its own problems. No, they have their own site, right? They can post right. it. Um and seven point four fans is quite the number for Reddit. Can you imagine if they if um Minecraft decided, hey listen, fans, can you black out for like a day? Like they did on Twitch. It's like I'm pretty sure Reddit would feel the hit. That's insanity. Like I don't understand how I don't understand how Reddit can look at the response to this and be like, uh, no, like, and be like that that principal Skinner meme of, uh, no, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they said that you know it's still going to be an active site because they said you know you can just if unofficial update, which means yeah. I, you can cut, cut and paste what I, what we post or post a link and you can discuss it there. But the fact that Minecraft itself, you know, Mojang itself won't be posting there will be a big hit. Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's wild to see how this is playing out. And I wonder, I wonder, uh, <laughs> like if Reddit continues to go down the path, it's going down. I wonder if it'll eventually even be relevant at a certain point anymore. Cause they have pissed off a lot of the core uh, base that made their platform what it is. Yeah. Moving on. Go ahead, Scott. Okay. Let's see. Next item. Bobby Kotick says switch successor will be closer to Xbox one and PS4 performance. This is from Shaq news. During the ongoing Microsoft FTC trial that Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick was called to the stand, he talked about Microsoft's recent deal to bring Call of Duty games to Nintendo consoles, revealing that he read about the agreement in the news. Uh, even more notable, the embattled CEO had some intriguing details to share about Nintendo's rumored Switch successor. After an email between Bobby Kotick and Nintendo president uh, Shantoro Fukuara, uh, was shown in court. Kotick shared that his ex- he expects that the next Nintendo console specifications have closer alignment to the PS4 and Xbox One generation consoles. It's worth noting that while Bobby Kotick has expecta- expectations for what the Nintendo Switch successor's power will be, he admits that he does not have the specs. Um, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, you still have a PS4 and Xbox One games coming out now. The thing that I would say is you better have some friggin' hard drive space. That's the only thing I think a lot of uh, Switch owners want is space. I, uh, I've been talking about this with my colleagues, and one of them mentioned in particular that if, if the next Switch isn't capable of, of supporting 4K, that's going to be a huge and stupid miss by Nintendo. I don't think it's important. I think it's important that you be able to have a large, uh, um, uh, you I know, think, I think it's important. Space. I, like, I, I want, I want it to support 4K. I want it to be on the same fidelity. You know what would be super nice? You know what would be, uh, like a, like a perfect world for a Nintendo fan? Is if Nintendo hardware didn't limit its developers to the point where they had to downscale their games to make it fit on the Switch. Most of that cool downscaling is hard drive space. How cool would it be if we had a Nintendo console that was at pace with the other current hardware? You understand to have 4K uh, textures, you need a lot more hard drive space. You know that, right? I'd rather have 
uh, the full back library of Nintendo games available. <laughs> that's a whole other. I, that's I, a whole other beast, said, Scott. Perfect, <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. I'd rather have that over the 4K, over OLED, over processing power. Well, I'd rather have the back library. You could just ditch. Well, all Scott, those you things. could. You don't. You don't need a hard drive space for that. You just need to have streaming for that. Just stream those things. You know, if Nintendo, if Nintendo didn't, if Nintendo tr- didn't treat uh, online like the darkest jungles of South America, you know, with piranhas all over the place, they would have streaming of their games. And like, I agree with Scott. I would, I would like to have the Nintendo back library just available, like the Nintendo, the Wii, the Wii Shop. Nah, it's it's, it's a lot easier for you to buy those miniature Nintendo consoles. But. I do want to say I'm not a graphics diva, but the current state of Nintendo hardware is how we ended up with super shitty Witcher Three ports on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, by it's the way, ended, yeah, it's it's how we've ended up with a bunch of ports to the Nintendo Switch that just are either completely embarrassing, or we end up with cloud ver- with cloud version uh, of games where like. Mm-hmm. The cloud version in Japan, I understand, works very well. It does not work well in the United States. Well, I'm just and saying the cloud version of NES games and SNES games and Super Nint- uh, for, uh, uh, and Nintendo 64 games would be fine uh, streamed. You know that that would be fine. I'm, I'm not talking about that. current games, but I'm talking about the back catalog. You know, it would be e- so that. easy I'm to do that with the back catalog. When I say cloud versions of games, I'm not I get what you're saying. Yeah. Catalog. I'm talking about Resident Evil Village and and uh, and Control. Yeah. By the way, uh, Bobby Kotick also regretted not bringing out Call of Duty on the Switch launch, which is interesting. I don't know how many Call of Duty players there are on the Switch when they first bought the Switch. I would not be surprised if it was zero. Well, no, I, no, there are players who do that. I mean, and here's the thing, you know, I mean. You know, you could play being able to play Call of Duty, uh, Call of Duty from your bed with. You know. I, I see a lot of hate from some console players towards the Switch in general. So uh, that's that's try. poppycock. I think here's the thing. I'm not the one making memes about this stuff. I I see the yeah. memes, so I know it's there. Yeah, but the thing is, that, you know, if you have a if you have a game, a series that's on at launch, then it's going to have more players because you know if you build it, they will come. You know, but since they didn't put him out immediately, it's like people don't view it as a a serious place to uh, play Call of Duty. Trust me, there are people who want to play Call of Duty on Switch, but since it wasn't there on launch, they said, eh, whatever. I just dream of a day where, like, developers can make a game that will actually work on Nintendo consoles that doesn't have to be pared down ridiculously so from, like, PS5 and Xbox versions. Here's the thing. Those uh, M2 uh, SSD cards are getting real cheap. And you can mm-hmm. just slot one of them in the next Switch, you know? Just slot a 2 terabyte or a 1 terabyte thing right there in the Switch, and boom, you can have your you can have your hide, you can have your 4K whatever. And yeah. you think the next Switch will be uh, mobile as the first one? Probably I think that they almost have to like they don't, I mean, they probably they've stopped making handhelds. So, yes. I think that, yeah, I agree with Jonah that like at this point, once now that you have the switch, I don't think there's going I don't think you go back. No, I mean, the they're not doing the blue, blue ocean strategy right now. They're just going to make more of what people want. 
Uh, Nintendo were silly bastards with this stuff, though. I mean, they made the Wii U after the Wii, which was like the definition of hubris. I guess. <laughs> hey, you have a you have a you have a sequel to Switch One Two coming out, so you should be happy. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next item. <laughs> New Resident Evil 4 achievements spark speculation about upcoming DLC, and this comes to us from Shack News. As a matter of fact, this is TJ's article. Capcom's remake of Resident Evil 4 has new achievements that have just been spotted for, uh, for the PC stream version, uh, Steam version of the game. Have fans hoping that a sweet deal is about to get sweeter. The appearance of new achievements have led to the belief that Capcom sh- could be announcing DLC for the game soon. Uh, basically, what you see with the achievements are just 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So that's what the, that's what the, uh, the uh, icons look like. They're just numbers with a circle around them. Uh, the new achievements for the Resident Evil 4 remake were spotted on SteamDB, as reported by Wario64. And if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. Uh, <laughs> Resident Evil 4 should have around 40 trophies uh, or achievements on any available platform. However, seven more trophies are added to Resident Evil 4. The contents of them are currently hidden, leading fans to speculate. Yeah, yeah there's an update coming. Nothing is official yet, but it seems Capcom is prepping for a big update for the game. Uh, we should basically say yes there is dlc coming out because it's capcom game and it's resident evil therefore there must be dlc coming because that's what they do yeah and like it's i i i i gave resident evil 4 a 10 out of 10 and i stand by that but like i've always like wondered why uh why mercenaries and and separate ways weren't there on day one um yeah i i uh, the, uh, you other, know, I would say. Well, here's the thing. What if it's just a multiplayer mode? I hope not. I would. I, I would be mad, and a lot of other people. Capcom's done it before, so. <laughs> I I just want. I want Ada's separate ways campaign. I really do. okay. She's such a good character in that game, and and I want to play as her. And one of the most modable characters, and and especially in Resident Evil 2. Everybody wants Ada Wong, and they want her in different outfits. She's also just cool as hell and has an awesome set of weapons. <laughs> Is that what you call them? <laughs> Is that what you're calling them these days? <laughs> yes, we've seen some of the dresses where she really shows off those weapons. Got to have me bringing up the Louis Sarah line about ballistics. I wonder if they're going to have like Jill Valentine or, you know, some other characters from the from the series. Oh, can you imagine if they if they include uh, either Mr. X or Nemesis in Resident Evil 4 somehow? They, they kind of do. the The village elder is kind of a is kind of a Nemesis, Mr. X type. No, I mean explicitly. You know, like it's it's a story based thing in how the, the, either character got into that region. You know. Mm-hmm. But no, you're probably right. I mean, if it's going to be anything, it's going to be something, you know, an alter, you know, an alternate uh, protagonist like Ada Wong, and have them go through the story. Like I said, maybe well, even se- Jill Valentine have her go through the story. Well, se- separate. You do know what separate ways is, right? Like, yeah. It it was the original. In the original Resident Evil Four, it's where you follow Ada's story. Like you follow yeah. the story from Ada's point of view. I get that. And like. And uh, it's like the one thing it's the one thing people are still asking for with that game. I mean, that's the other thing is that what if they decide to pull a twist and make you say follow Jill Valentine or Chris Redfield's sister or, you know, someone else that you didn't expect? I don't know. Uh, probably will be Ada Wong, though. So it's like, 
whatever. She's she's in everything. She has to be everywhere. <laughs> well, it's also just a fun wrinkle to the story in general. Seeing that you there's actually a part in in the original Resident Evil Four on Ada's campaign where like you actually you're skirting the 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 first village and you see the villagers chasing after Leon through the village as you're playing with Ada. It was just kind of fun to see that like that that parallel. Have you ever played as Wesker in anything? <laughs> um, you can play as him in Mercenaries, and he's super strong. Ah, no, no, no. I mean, as single story mode. Wesker is OP. He can uh, he can put his fist through your body. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I there's probably a way that they could do a, a story with Wesker, but he's just so strong. It would have to be a different villain, I would assume. He's Some basically villain. a sentient bioweapon in, uh, in Resident Evil Code Veronica up to when he dies in Resident Evil 5. Speaking of memeable. <laughs> yeah. Total world saturation or whatever. Did you finish Resident Evil 4 Remake? I did. Several okay. times. <laughs> Several times. Wow. Now you have to play Middle Earth Shadow of War. See? I know. I mean, someday I just, I'm going to jump on this podcast and I'm going to say I played it and I finished it and everybody's going to cheer and it's going to be the the most important episode ever. Here's the thing. Uh, the reason why I'm so uh, people talk about how the open world games don't really work anymore, like Assassin's Creed is all played out and that stuff. But I'm going to tell you something. Monolith knows what the fuck they're doing. They made an it's just pisses me off that the nemesis mechanic has been copyrighted until 2035. That's insane. It would make so many other games so much better if you had that nemesis mechanic. And the thing is, is that where's the new Middle Earth game? What are you saving it for? I mean, it's WB. Why can't you imagine if you used it for uh, Gotham Knights and it wouldn't be such a boring piece of crap. I mean, they're both done by WB. I wonder if WB lost a license for the Lord of the Rings video games because you know Gollum Lord of the Rings Gollum is not a monolith game well now it's uh now it's Embracer Group who has the rights to Lord of the Rings so uh, monolith make another game that uses the nemesis mechanic it doesn't have to be Lord of the Rings it could be superhero thing can you imagine a superhero game in which uh, if a villain if a thug defeats you he becomes your nemesis and he develops his own stats, and he has special dialogue for you. Because I'm going to tell you something. In Middle-Earth Shadow of War, there's tons and tons and tons of dialogue. And as much as I've played it, I don't think I've had the same things. I, I don't think I've heard the same thi- heard the same things twice ever. I don't. Rem- it's like I don't remember them ever saying the same thing. Not even with uh, Fort Hog. And when uh, you're, I'm going to tell you something. When you're battling a, an elite overlord who's level 70 and... Fort and he, uh, the, the that 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 overlord is about to kill you, and then Fort Hog, who's level level forty, comes in and kills him, one shots him, and then just walks away, saying something something heartwarming, and then vanishes. It's like it, it, it is always a hell yes moment, even though he basically did your work for you. <laughs> you know, it's like you're playing the the final boss of a game, and all of a sudden, another character comes in and kills him for you, and then walks away. It's still awesome. <laughs> Uh, Fort Hawk is something you have not experienced, uh, and I, I I feel sad for you for that. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many YouTube videos of Fort Hog. Someday we're going to have a dead year for games, and then I will catch up on my backlog. It was a dead year for games. It was last year. No, it, was it? it wasn't. 
Last year had good games, and this year's it didn't have it didn't have awesome games. Come on, the year that had Elden Ring. Yeah, and we had uh, uh, we had uh, we had Rise of Power three, Rise of Third Power, uh, Chain Echoes. Who came out last year? Oh, Tunic came out last year. Oh, that's a that's a that's a that's an indie game. (laughs) They're about big games, big games, big games, triple A. And Shadow of War is a yeah, but well, that's see, but that's see, that's the thing is that you don't care so. I'm going to tell you right now, Middle Middle, here's the thing. Instead of playing Assassin's Creed, you could have been playing Middle Earth. Because Assassin's Creed sucks, big time. I don't like it. I'm holding out hope for Mirage since they say it's going to be a a small scale, which means it's going to be a lot more dense. And I'd rather have a small game that's dense and a big game that has nothing to do, which is why I don't play Elite Dangerous anymore, and which is why I don't play No Man's Sky anymore, because it's big games, but there's not much to do, which is why I'm looking so forward to Starfield, because it's going to be just a thousand planets, a hundred of them, uh, hundred of them are going to have life, and they're they're making sure that there's plenty of stuff to do on these things. Yeah, Starfield's definitely going to be a uh, time sync game as well. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, hundreds of hours. And like I said, um, I hope the Windows version will have plenty of mods, because the thing is that it's the Steam version that's going to have the immediate mod community. I don't know how it works. I mean, they have Creators Club, so you know, if you play Fallout 4, even on any console, you'll be have access to it, right? But this is just so – I don't know. Like I said, uh, even if it only provides 75% of what we're expecting, Starfield is going to be great because um, this is this is a game that's being produced by Todd Howard. So it's like Fallout 4, Elder Scrolls 5. And, you know, I don't love Fallout 4. But on the other hand, there's a crap ton to do in it. And I do occasionally replay it because I love the story with you and Nick Valentine. I mean, I don't give a shit about Piper. <laughs> Go away, Piper. I don't care about you. I, I prefer Nick. Nick's my companion. Oh, by the way, the one thing that I like that they're pulling over from Fallout 4 is that they're gonna they're gonna have a library of last names. I hope Falcon is one of them. Yeah. It's a it's a bird, Defesda. <laughs> you don't know Jonah, but you know shithead. Yeah, I remember you. I remember you ranted about Falcon not being in Fallout. 4. No, Jonah was not in Fallout 4, but shithead. Pisser, dumbass, those are all names you could be named. But in it, it, but it seems like it's going to be last names in um in Starfield since Todd Howard, they called him Howard. I don't know. See, Todd Howard, there's two first names as a name, but I think it was implied that the last name is what they're going to call you. So Falcon, please be in there. It's a common uh, Spanish name, although watch this, they just pronounce it as Falcon. I'll take that. Uh, I'll, I'll take that. Even mispronouncing my last name. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on Twitter right now and say, Todd, put Jonah in the word fi- in the name file and Falcon in the name file, please. I don't like being left out. I don't. I know you like to do the jokes, like having someone named Dickwad, but I want my name to be there. By the way, do you know that you, uh, for a long time, I was not able to put Jonah Falcon in NBA 2K because it was obscene. Because it was obscene. Because it was me. I don't – I should reflect them. Hey, listen, that's my name. I'm not obscene. <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking of Falcon, um, I like – what's it called? I should have said this before, but, you know, when you maximize your punching ability, you basically Falcon punch everybody, especially on especially on low-gravity thing. I saw one on a – someone give a wallop on a low-gravity planet, and he just went flying like 50 feet in a big arc. <laughs> 
That's one of the things, by the way. Um, all the plant, and they were talking about this on the direct. All the planets also calculate what kind of plant, what kind of surface it's going to be. So if you have something like uh, a low magnetic field that's cold, and you know, and all that stuff, it'll be different than something which has a strong magnetic field and has, you know, and all that stuff. Because if you have a low magnetic field, you're not going to have water because it's going to be blow- blown away by solar wind. So it's just, yeah. September 6th is a long time ago from now. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah, it's three months, wait, um, July, August, September. Yeah. It's three months, but still, I want, I want it now. I want it now. Why of all the things that have early access, why don't you make Starfield early access? Although, since I pre-ordered, I get five days early access. Big whoop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Starfield. I hope Before everything we- that I want. Before we go, can I add one more thing to the bunch? Go ahead. <laughs> Jonah, did you see uh, Jonah and Scott, did you see the Annapurna Interactive did their showcase today and they're oh. doing a new Blade Runner game? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're doing a new Blade Runner game. It's Blade Runner 2033 Labyrinth. It's going to be set between the two movies and it's be it's one of the first games that has ever been de- developed directly by Annapurna Interactive. Okay. But it's also like there's there's people that have worked on what remains of Vita Finch and well and here's the thing other- when you have an Annapurna game you know it's going to happen right they're going to get all the big name actors yeah story heavy big name actors it's going to be I'm willing to bet you it's going to be practically a visual novel <laughs> what do you want out of an Annapurna Blade Runner game I want what I got out of um what's the name of that game again not Twelve Minutes God no. <laughs> I want, um, uh, you know, the art, the artistic escape. That's what I want. I, uh, I'd want art- it to play like the uh, Shadowrun on SNES. I played the first Blade Runner game. Do you remember that one? It actually had Breon James and Joe Turkle uh, doing voice work for it. And one of the things that was interesting was that it was always uh, it had a randomized thing. So you did it always randomized who was human, who was replicant. So you always had a different ending. That's that's my wish list item. I don't know what this game is going to be like, but I hope that they keep the that 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 system intact where every single person you come across and interact with could be a human or could be a replicant and it will yeah. be different. It looks like there's going to be a heavy detective aspect to it as well. I loved that about the original game and I hope they keep that in this one. Yeah. And you know, oh, in the original game, you didn't know if you were a replicant or not. So <laughs> that's so cool. And like, I'm, I'm. This is the first major Blade Runner game that has happened in 25 years, huh. which is weird to think about because Blade Runner is such a beloved sci-fi series. Well, that's just the point, now, isn't it? It's if you're going to do something beloved, that's why you don't have many uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey games. You don't have a lot of Citizen Kane games. That's true. You know. How are you going to do it? I mean, okay, to be honest, uh, the Godfather games are pretty good, but they found a way to do that in the Scarface games. Basically, they made it Grand Theft Auto, but still. I mean, if you wanted to do a Citizen Kane, you could make it like a point-and-click adventure game. Nah, that would be boring. Actually, I think it would be sort of like a tycoon game. This is <sighs> cool. Like, I'm, I'm really happy to see that, they, uh, that Annapurna is going to take a crack at Blade Runner. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with the story since, uh, since they're set quite a distance between the first film and the second film. Yeah. Uh, 
I gotta see something here. Because uh, they have to tell us who's writing the damn thing. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chris, Chelsea Hash, who did What Remains of Edith Finch and Solar Ash, which tells me nothing because those two games are not exactly the same genre. But yeah, you know, they're very different. But on the other hand, you know, you can always. Uh, so. I just want a new Labyrinth game. I played the original uh, adventure game on the Commodore 64, <laughs> which yeah. began which began with you going to the um, you going to see the movie Labyrinth, and a nerd kept on peppering you about she should have never eaten the peach. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, Bungie remake Bungie's remaking Marathon, so I suppose anything's possible. Oh yeah, there's a lot of. Oh, God, there's a lot of angst about that going on. That's the other thing that's going on with Destiny. A lot of people are accusing uh, uh, Bungie of taking resources away from uh, from Destiny 2 and putting them on, uh, putting them on uh, Monolith, and they are not happy about it. Did you see this? Did you see this, uh, this fan protest about that? Oh, yeah, it's impossible to miss people like – I think it's ridiculous. I think it's a tinfoil conspiracy theory. It is, but still. So uh, wild. Like, so wild what fan, what super fans that only play one game will uh, come up with when it doesn't meet their full expectations. Yeah. And by the way, that is why um, live service games, will most of them will always fail, is that you can just get the attention of just a certain amount of people. No one's going to play more than one live service game ever. Sure. And maybe two, maybe. I would go as far as to add, to argue that Destiny players only play Destiny. That's it. Yeah. Because it takes so much time. I tried playing Destiny. It bored the living hell out of me. Anyways. So, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with industry news and our gaming history articles. We enjoy feedback, so leave us comments at our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, hit us up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave some iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You can find me at Johnny Chugs. You can find me at Charlie Moore. And you can find Wario64 at Wario64. Uh, we will see you next week. <laughs> Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all. And that is it.